Are you willing to die for those Christians? Do you really feel fly and true religion? Did you think you would survive five five sixes? You spent a band on the burner and died with it? 40 pointers on rollies, the time glisten. Superchargers on foreigns, we drive different. Can you believe that he tucked on my lick? Like why would anyone go against my smithing? His grave is his placement, he AWOL. Christopher Dorner and snipers with Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend. Jalen Hunter. And if you do me a favor, please subscribe to wherever you're listening. Please subscribe to wherever you're watching. It definitely means a lot to me. So we're in March. The shortest month ever in February uh, just concluded. So Black History Month just concluded. All the corporations are burning their Black History Month uh, decorations. And with March, of course, brings Futures March Madness. (laughs) Also, it brings the end of the college basketball regular season, uh, conference tournaments come and go, and then, of course, March Madness, the, the, the college pretty much playoffs begin. And, of course, because this is the end of the season, you know, you pretty much have a grasp on which teams are good, which teams are not, uh, which teams are, are only good or their record only good because they don't really have competition. You pretty much can you pretty much know that by the end of the year. This is the end of the year uh, for college basketball. And last episode, I talked about the NBA and I, I, I get, had a little segment saying who are contenders and who are pretenders. What I wanted to do is I wanted to bring that to this episode, but I want to talk about, of course, the men's college basketball side and the women's college basketball side. I think this is Women's History Month, too, so shouts out to women. But um, let's start with a team that people are going to say, what? Let's, let's start with Arizona. Now, the Arizona Wildcats, they are second in, you know, they're ranked second. They are 25-3. and three. Arizona is a team that, they, it seems like when you watch Arizona play, they just run around everywhere. It's just that it's it's a long team, it's a scrappy team, it's a defensive team, but it's also a team that can put some points on you. I mean, they let me see, and their win now, of course, they have won, winning a they they put a hundred and four up, hundred and five, ninety four, hundred and one, eighty four, ninety five, like they can put some ninety one, they can put points on the board. Uh, being led by Benedict Matherin, he he leads the team with 17 points a game. This is a good team. So you're probably asking why? Why am I putting the the Arizona Wildcats as you know? Why am I putting them in the? Are they contenders or pretenders? I mean, they're the second ranked team in college basketball. Well, I don't know if you remember, but last week every college basketball, like not every, but all the top. I think the top four or five teams all lost. And it kind of, I do think, let me say this. I do think that Arizona are contenders. Of course, they're second. They're they're second in the nation. The thing is, though, when we talk about Arizona, I think Arizona is one of those teams that could fall early. And I'll tell you why. We just I just said that Arizona, I mean, Arizona's a good team. 
that they're, you know, Christian uh, Coloco, he averages like, what, I think three blocks a game and, and seven rebounds. This is a good team. The problem is, though, they can go into there, – there are times when their offense is not clicking. And when their offense is not clicking, I don't feel that their defense is able to pick up their offense. Like, there's some teams that their offense thrives on – or their defense thrives on their offense. They're only playing good defense – or they're only playing good off defense when their offense is clicking. You know, you see that a lot, that they're, they're usually considered offensive-oriented teams. And I just feel that is the case for Arizona. Like, we, when they played uh, UCLA the first time, now the second time they did beat UCLA, but when they played UCLA the first time and lost, what, like 75-59, to 59, Arizona could not throw the ball in the hoop the second half. And... Because of that, their defense just wasn't clicking. And this is against a UCLA team that's been up and down all year. So I just, I do think that, of course, they're second in the nation. So I think that they're contenders. However, I do also think that they could be in high upset alert, seeing as though if they're not scoring, their defense is not good enough. Like Baylor. Baylor is a, a perfect team to for this example. Baylor Baylor just played Kansas, right? And Baylor's offense was not clicking at all. In fact, they were down like 13, 13 or 14 in the first half. However, because Baylor is such a rugged team, their, def, their, their offensive woes did not dictate or did not change the way that they played defense. And because of that, the second half, when shots started to fall, they already had the, the, the ruggedness. They already had the defensive momentum. They came and beat Kansas. So I do think that going back to Arizona, I think Arizona is, of course, contenders. I just feel, you know, say, say uh, Benedict's not hitting. Say uh, Kerr Kishla's not hitting. Like at that point, it's like, all right, now Kerr does average like 10 points a game. But just say their big their big names aren't hitting. I don't know if their defense will be able to steer the ship. So. I do think Arizona are contenders. I just also think that they could be on high alert as far as upsets. And speaking of Baylor, Baylor's number three, 25 and five. I think that Baylor, which is weird because it's weird to say it when you when you have a team that their only losses have come to like Kansas. Well, they got dogged by Kansas. Texas Tech twice. Hmm. And uh, Oklahoma and Alabama. You know, I talked early, early on, like in the beginning of the year. And I said that this year is different than a lot of years for college basketball. This year, you know, a lot of people say, oh, it's wide open. Now, a lot of people say it's wide open due to the fact that Usually when people say it's wide open, either there's not a great team and every team is pretty much on the same playing field or either there's a a major injury for a big team or or something like that. And it kind of brings that team down to notch. I said going into this year that. uh, 
I said going into this year that this year is wide open, but it's not due to the fact that, you know, it's not a great team. There's a lot of great teams. Like, if you look, Gonzaga's a great team. Arizona's a great team. Baylor's a great team. Duke's a great team. And we'll talk about some of these teams individually. But And that's just that's the top four, right? Auburn, that was number one for a minute. They're a great team. You can even go down. Tennessee's a really good team. Houston's a really good team. UConn, which has surprised me this year, they're a really good team. Murray State's a good team. It's it's just this is this is pretty much I'm not gonna say the golden ages, but this is one of the best years that college basketball has seen. You know, there's upset alert after upset alert, but it's only because the playing field is getting is even. No, 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 no. I'm not saying like an Alabama is on the same level as Gonzaga. I'm not saying that. Unfortunately, my beloved North Carolina is on the same level right now as Duke. I'm not saying that. Uh, there have been some teams that, you know, have underperformed or, or perform not as I thought they would. Now there are some teams that aren't in the top 25 that are still really good teams like Michigan State. Um, Michigan State, that they, they, I think they just beat what uh, Purdue at the buzzer. Like it's, it's there's some really good teams. Davison's good this year. Um, so when I say the 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 playing field is even, I'm saying that as these are really good teams. Like all these teams are really good. Now, so you can kind of say all these teams are an upset alert, but as far as going into the playoffs, but um or going into March Madness, but uh, it's, it's, this is a really good year for college basketball. Now, let's get back to Baylor. Baylor's an interesting team. To me, Baylor is kind of like the uh, kind of like the Jacqueline Hyde team, kind of like the Two-Face team, because you don't, you know what you're going to get. You have the person. You know Baylor's going to play defense. They're going to play rugged on defense. And you're gonna be in a in a scrap almost all game, but Baylor isn't that good offensively. Like they're 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 they now they put up a hundred of four against North North Northwestern State, but they're not the best defense. They're not the best offensive team, and because of that, any drop off, any drop off of their defense can be catastrophic for this team. And we saw that against ten, uh, Texas Tech twice, against Oklahoma, against Kansas the, the first time they played. They, to me, I mean, Adam Fagler, while he averages 14 points a game, he's kind of been inconsistent. And But this def- the, 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 the Baylor defense is what's what keeps them afloat. And that's what I do like about Baylor is – that's what I do like about Baylor. Baylor, we know their defense. I mean, their offense is. They know their offense isn't the best. They, I mean, you know, Fagler and, and James Akinjo. If they're not scoring, their defense is still a one, and I, I think that that's going to keep. I think. I think Baylor is going to be one of those teams that make a deep playoff run because of their defense. We saw that what a couple years ago. Um, 
What was that team? What was the team? We saw it a couple years ago. Uh, actually, we saw it with Auburn a couple years ago when they had uh, a Coral. Like they, they, their defense was rugged. Uh, they beat North Carolina. They, no, Michigan State. No, Mississippi State. Mississippi State a couple years ago. Their when they had Robert Williams, their their offense wasn't that good, but they were a defensive juggernaut, especially in the paint. Baylor's the same way. It's like while they're not the best offensive team, they their defense will get at you. And I don't think that they have to worry about uh, early exit because their defense travels. And you don't see that a lot with college basketball teams, but their defense travels in, and I think that they're going to be good wherever they go. So I think Baylor's going to make a deep playoff run, so I, I don't think that they're in jeopardy of, of losing early. A team that I do think is in jeopardy of lo- of losing early is Auburn. Auburn possibly has the number one overall draft pick this year in uh, Jabril Smith. That that man is incredible. He <laughs> he averages seventeen points a game. Like he he's tough. They also have a player that's possibly going to be the defensive player of the year for college basketball in uh walker kessler first and foremost where the hell was this at fit matters (laughs) if 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 nothing else look at when when, if nobody if you don't want to believe me when i say fit matters like sometimes a new environment matters look at auburn look at jabari uh smith and look at walker kessler jabari smith comes from georgia while he played really well at georgia the man is the man has played himself into an possible number one overall draft pick at Auburn. He has had one of the best seasons. Well, he's had arguably the best season this year out of everybody. And and Walker Kessler. Where the hell was this at North Carolina? Walker Kessler did not look like this in the slightest at North Carolina. Now he's arguably one of the best defensive players in college. I mean, he, the man averages damn near five blocks a game. Five, five blocks a game, eight rebounds, and one steal. Where the hell was this in North Carolina? Jesus Christ. But I, the reason why I feel that this team can lose early is because of their guard play. Wendell Green Jr. is good. He averages 12 points a game. And they're 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 good at guard. I will say they're they're good at their their guards are good. The problem, however, is to me, how do I how do I say this? How do I say this? Um, their guards are not as consistent as they need to be. In fact, almost every game they've lost. Now, they've lost four games. Now, it's not a lot of games. But every game they lost, you can arguably say either in crunch moments or the entire game, their guards did not come up big. And actually, there's a lot of games that they won that their guards did not come up big, like against Georgia. If it wasn't it, Jabril, Jabril Smith had to save them pretty much in Georgia. Um, Missouri. It, 
I just I just feel like their guard play has not been consistent enough to warrant them making a deep run. Now they could make a deep run. Again, they have arguably the number one overall pick in the draft and or in this year's draft in Jabril Smith. They arguably have the best defensive player in college basketball and what so they can they can lean on that. But what happens when, you know, teams single in on uh, Jabari Smith. What happens when teams single in on Walker Kessler? You're going to need uh, Wendell Green. You're going to need Zip Zasper. You're going to need them to to be better. And if they don't step up to the plate, which we've seen, which we saw against Tennessee, it's not going to work. Uh, so I do think that Auburn has a there's a good shot that Auburn can 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 lose early. Like there's a good shot. Uh, I don't I don't. And and that's the thing about this college basketball year. I can see a Gonzaga. I can see any team. Now I don't think it's going to happen, but I can see any team. I know they say like any given Sunday for football, but I can see a team losing. Now I don't think that. I don't think this is going to be the year that a sixteen beats a one. I don't think that's. I honestly don't think that's going to happen ever again. But this ain't. Not, this is not the year. I don't think that you know. More than likely, the one seeds are going to be Gonzaga, maybe Duke, Baylor, maybe Auburn, maybe Arizona. I don't. I just don't see any sixteen team beating them. But I do think that moving forward, you know, Auburn could 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 fall because you know what happens when they when you single in on their two best players, you're going to need the guard play to 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 sustain them, and I don't think that they're good enough to do that. So. <sighs> Let me talk about Duke. Yo, uh, you know it really pains me to say this. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm a. I'm. I'm all right. You know how you have a favorite team, right? Like you have a favorite team. You have a favorite something. Um, North Carolina is my favorite team. Uh, my, my whole, my dad's side of the family is all from North Carolina. So, you know, I, I, I grew up a Tar Heel fan. It was either North Carolina or Maryland. So, and of course my mom's side from Maryland, I, I've, I've always been a fan of both teams. Of course, North Carolina, Juan Dixon years and, and Grievous Vasquez years in, in Maryland, Steve Blake. So it's going to pay me to say this. It really is. But this is a podcast. This is a sports podcast, and I have to be as um, unbiased as possible. Yo, I think um, I think Duke might be. I think you can argue that Duke is the best team in college basketball. Now I know they don't have the record. To, I mean, they're twenty-five and four, uh, and they lost. You know, they lost to Miami. They lost to Florida State. They lost to Ohio State, um, and they lost to Virginia. I think they lost to Virginia. They lost to Virginia at the buzzer. Um, but whew, when you have a player like, uh. Apollo Bantro playing the way that he's playing. And even if he's have even if he's having an off day, you also have Wendell Wendell Moore Jr. chipping in for 13 points a game, five assists. 
than if he's not playing well. You have Mark Williams chipping in with 11 points a game. Yeah, this 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 team is I mean, you have 1 2 3 4. You have 5 people scoring over 10 points a game. AJ Griffin, Mark Williams, Trevor Keels, Wendell Moore Jr. and and Paolo. And Paolo can can he's one of those other another player that could arguably be a top pick in the NBA draft. It's not just that, man. You you got one, you got three people averaging more than five rebounds a game. Mm. Yeah, this is a, the the thing is, they're playing inspired. They're playing, um, of course, this is Coach K's last year, and you're starting to hear, oh, last time in, uh, you know, last time in the Roy Williams Center, last time here, last time there. Um, so they're playing inspired, but this is a good team. This is a good team. This is a, the only, the only problem that I think they could run into is their offense can stall. Uh, Paulo is not the best offensive player. Um, but, but, but what I will say is because they have, they can lean on so many other people, they can lean on Wendell Moore. Uh, Paulo is their best player. So when he stalls, they, they kind of stalls. But they, I mean, again, you have multiple people that can pick up the slack. I just think, ugh, I think Duke, Duke, it's it's Duke is one of those teams, man. You know, we always talk about, um, we always talk about these these super teams, these these super college basketball teams, and you know, we always throw in Duke, we always throw in Kentucky. Uh, North Carolina, all those teams because they have been the best recruiting teams. However, what we don't talk about is Duke hasn't went, I think what, the last time Duke won a national championship was with what, uh, Quinn Cook and, and Jabbar, uh, was with Quinn Cook and uh, what's his name? I forgot his name. I've, I'm seeing his face. Quinn Cook and oh my gosh, I'm forgetting his name. Mm. I'm gonna get. I'm, I'm gonna get it. But Quinn Cook and those boys, and then Can- Kentucky. The last time they won a national championship was with Anthony Davis. Uh, now, this is the same Kentucky team that's had Carl Anthony Towns. They've had De'Aaron Fox. They've had Bam Adebayo. They had Devin Booker. Like they've had squads. They just haven't won. I think this could be the year that either Kentucky or Duke could see it because Kentucky has a tough squad too. Now Kentucky the problem with Kentucky is they don't really they don't play that well defense. I ain't gonna hold you. Outside of uh, they have like they're one player dependent. They are it's it's uh Oscar uh Tress Bay or nothing. Like they they now he is averaging seventeen points a game. Damn 17, 17 points a game, 15 rebounds, one, two steals, two blocks. That man is a monster. The only problem is they're too dependent on him. Outside of outside of him, they, I mean, T.T. Washington, but, you know, he's inconsistent. K. 
Kalen, uh, Kalen Grady, he's inconsistent. Now they are averaging, you know, they are averaging like Duke one, two, three, four. They have four people averaging over ten points, but this team is Oscar, uh, Tresblay or nothing. That's that's honestly what this team is, uh, Kentucky. But back to Duke, I do think that Duke has an opportunity and a chance to to win it all. They are they. They could possibly, because I've seen them turn up. The turn, bro, when they turn up, it is now it is crazy. When when Duke, when Duke, Duke can be it could be a two point game. I've seen this. It can be a two point game, and then the, in the next three minutes, the two can go up to fifteen like that. Like it's yeah, Duke, Duke, Duke might be Duke might be the best team. Now, I talked about you know. We, we we talked about some of the big names. Of course, Gonzaga. They're all contend. Gonzaga, Arizona, Baylor, uh, Duke, Auburn, Kansas, Kentucky, Purdue. Which Purdue? They're they're kind of up and down, but Purdue are contenders. Providence is a contender. So the question is: Are there any dark horses? Because to me, if you're in the top ten, you're not a dark horse. I think Wisconsin can win. If you're you're not a dark horse, if you're a top ten, I, I, unless it's like one of those years where. The one and two are just drastically better. Like what well, Virginia, when Virginia was just drastically better than everybody. <laughs> that that one year when they had um Kyle Guy, they were just drastically better than everybody. And to me, if anybody were to beat them, I think they what well, they played Texas Tech and uh Jared Culliver. <laughs> and the and it wasn't close. It wasn't close. Um the year uh Villanova was just destroying people with uh, Dante DiVincenzo and uh, Mikael, or B- Mikael Bridges, Josh Hart. When they when when Eric Pascal, I think, was on that team. Those though, to me, any other team outside of the top outside of that team would have been a dark horse because they were just drastically better than everybody. Now there have been teams that were drastically better than everybody in the regular season and it just didn't just didn't amount to nothing in the playoffs, i.e., I'm not going to say amount to nothing, but didn't win at all, i.e., Kentucky. When Kentucky had Devin Booker and Carl Anthony Towns and the Harrison brothers, they they lost to, what, Frank Comiskey in the in the national. Well, they lost to Frank Comiskey. Yeah. And that's the year that Okafer, boom, I told you I was going to get it. Okafer um, for Duke. That's the last time Duke won when it was uh, Jaleel Okafor and and Quinn Cook. Kaboom. So the question is, are there any dark horses uh, for this year? Again, I can see anybody from the top 10 to 15 uh, winning. But I'll say one of my dark horses is USC. I'll say USC is one of my dark horses because, now, yes, they're ranked 16th, but Isaiah Mobley has been great. Uh... Isaiah Mobley is averaging 14 points a game or 15 points a game if you round up, shooting 50, no, 40, 46% from the field. He's been great. Drew Peterson's been great, averaging 13 points a game. Uh, Chavez Godwin's been great, averaging 12 points a game. Like this team, this team, this is a really good team. This is, I, I do think that, you know, the way that they shoot the three, they 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 kind of play in my opinion like a like a now of course there's no James Harden but they kind of play like a Rockets used to play they shoot a lot of threes and they try to control the paint 
and they they do a really good job at that. I mean, I I just I, I think that I think USC can definitely make it far. I can see them upsetting one of the top teams. I really can. And another team, honestly, that I'm a little surprised about is UConn. Yo, UConn be having some wins. Now, of course, we're going to talk about, you know, the Rutgers. Rutgers is going gonna, is gonna to get some consideration, seeing as though I think they'd be like four or five top ten teams. Um, but UConn's been really good. Being led by R.J. Cole, man, <laughs> UConn's good. Now I could see them. I can see them beating a team like they beat some. They beat Villanova. They beat some quality teams. They beat Marquette. Um, I, I can. I can see it. I can. I can see it. Hell, they almost. They they went down to the water with wire with Seton Hall. Uh, I could. I could see it. Now they do have some bad losses. Like they they lost to. West Virginia. <laughs> they also lost to uh, Creighton. Twice? But yeah, I just, I, I think that to me, my dark horses this year or a team, I'm not going to say dark horses. I don't think that USC can win it all. I don't think that the Huskies can win it all. But I do think that, you know, UConn and, um, UConn and USC can upset a top team. I can definitely see that. Um, so those, I guess you can say, are my dark horses. So if you want to move over to the to the woman's side, to me, it's... it's This has been a good year for the women's side as well. Uh, to me, it's the clear-cut favorite right now um, is, is South Carolina. Like, it... You... South Carolina being led by Aaliyah Boston. She ha- she's averaging she's averaging eight, six, 17 and twelve with three blocks a game. Uh, uh, Destiny Henderson's playing well. It, it like <laughs> Zia Cook is playing well again. It, it's this is a this is a dominant team. Don Staley has this team firing on all cylinders. Um, I don't, I, I don't, outside of, outside of South Carolina, I, the only team that, the only, it's kind of hard for me to, Stanford's, they could win, you, NC, well, I just don't really see a team, I don't really, I don't know, man, I don't know, because South Carolina's been great, Stanford's been really good, NC State has been good, Baylor has been good. Louisville's been good. All these teams have been good. I don't know about UConn. I know that they just got Paige uh Paige back, you know, after missing. I think she had like a she had a MCL thing. They did just get her back. So she's gonna, you know, she's gonna have to 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 play her way back, even though, you know, uh is it was Chrislyn Williams, she's been playing well. She has fifteen points a game. Um, Olivia Nelson, Adua, she's been she's been playing well, averaging like 10, 10 and four. Uh, but I just don't know if they, because Aaliyah Boston has been dominant. You know, we talk about I was just saying we talk about um, Caitlin Caitlin Clark a lot, and she is she's hooping her like Caitlin Clark. <laughs> Caitlin Clark is incredible. Don't get me wrong, she had she is the main reason why Iowa 
is is twelfth right now. Like she she is a monster. She's averaging 20, 28 points a game. Twenty eight points a game, eight rebounds. I mean, eight assists. I'm sorry, and eight rebounds. Twenty eight, eight and eight. That is some that's some NBA numbers right there. The only problem is, and I see this happen a lot, is they'll get stuck on a player. You know, the the voters and the, the media, the fans, they'll get stuck on one player and just completely, I'm not going to say forget about another player, but completely just, like, neglect another player. Like, people have been saying that Caitlin Clark has been just leaps and bounds better than everybody. Now, what I will say is she has been great at scoring the ball. She be she be letting that show go like two steps out, two steps inside the half court line. She'll pull like that. She's 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 been incredible, man. But there's a lot of women that <laughs> there's a lot of women that you can't just say that she is is leaps and bounds the best college basketball woman's player because Aaliyah Boston has been incredible. Uh, Anissa Morrow from DuPaul or in DuPaul has been incredible. She's Anissa Anissa Morrow is averaging 22 points a game. 22 points. Like 22 points and 14 rebounds. 14 rebounds, three steals. (laughs) Three steals and two blocks. Come on now. Uh, We'll talk about them in a second, but Maryland, like Angel Reese is going crazy, averaging what uh, eighteen points a game, eighteen points a game, eleven rebounds, one block. Like, I just, I just don't like the fact that a lot of people don't, a lot of people get stuck with. And and don't get me wrong, this is not a shot at Caitlin Clark at all. Caitlin Clark has been incredible. Caitlin Clark has been putting up numbers that are crazy. Caitlin Clark could possibly win the AP Woman Player of the Year. However, I just don't like that they're saying that it's just a it's it's a one woman race because Aaliyah Boston has arguably been the best player in college basketball. Uh, Anissa Morrow has arguably been the best player in college basketball. Angel Reese, shouts out to the Baltimore native, has been has been one of the best players in college basketball. So, you know, shouts out to Caitlin and no offense to her. Even still. I don't even think now. Sh- I'll be real. Uh, if you want to talk about upset alert, I don't even think that's upset because Iowa goes as far as Caitlin takes them. That's that's honestly how it is, and I don't see Iowa uh, going far because all you have to do is all you have to do for Iowa is is now again it's easier said than done, but is is slow down Caitlin Clark. <laughs> if you can do that now. <laughs> That's a lie, <laughs> cause I forgot about uh, Monica uh, Teresa. Teresa, she's pretty good, but yeah, nah. Caitlin Clark is there, pretty much uh, their their engine. If you can slow her down and make uh, Monica beat you, you good, you good, you good. So I just don't see a team right now beating um, beating South Carolina. But I will say is this. And it goes to my uh, dark horse, and I think that the, the one of the biggest dark horses is number eleven Maryland. Now I'm not just saying that because I'm from Maryland, but if you look, 
Maryland has gone through a lot this year from injuries to, to they, they've gone through a lot. But Maryland has one, two, three, four, five players averaging more than 10 points a game. Angel Reese, Ashley Ouzu, Charlie Bibby, or Chloe Bibby, I'm sorry, Diamond Miller, Kate Benz, uh, Benzan. Like, they have, they have a squad, and they can put up points on you easily, like quickly, too. Um, that's kind of how the Maryland teams have been in the, in the recent memory. They've been really good. Uh, they've, they've been really good offensively, like one of the best offensive teams in college basketball. I think this year more than – well, last year it was Ashley. Uh, and, of course, they had the, 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 the Twins. Um, but I think – Angel Reese brings a dynamic that they haven't really seen like that. Like Angel Reese, how tall is she? Angel Reese is six three. Like Angel, she's she's taller than me. Angel, Angel Reese has been going crazy, uh, and she she has been dependable. I mean, she's shooting fifty percent from the from the field, sixty five percent from the free throw line. She can get that up, but this team, I think the. Because Maryland has dealt with so much, um, and they've been so inconsistent, it's kind of hard to 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 pinpoint how good they can be. But with the players they have, and I've seen Maryland play their best. I mean, Maryland. Let me see something. Maryland has has beat people. They they they. I mean, they beat Baylor, which was a huge win. Um, they played three consecutive ranked teams and beat well they beat Baylor which is a big win uh they beat Indiana top 10 te- top 10 win it's they've struggled with playing against some of the top talent uh even though they beat Iowa uh which is Caitlin Clark by the way uh they beat Ohio State but when you talk about some of the top teams like South Carolina they lost uh NC State they lost Stanford, they lost. Uh, Michigan, they lost twice, actually. But I do think that when Maryland is on, they can they can beat anybody. Um, so I think that's my only dark horse for the women's side. Maybe UConn, maybe UConn, uh, because you know getting Paige back. UConn's not, you know, it's still UConn at the end of the day, and. Uh, It's 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 hard it's hard to bet against a, a Gino Oriyama team, um, especially when when again you're getting your best player back, and because you haven't had her majority of the season, and even you know with that she you have Paige you have Christian Williams you have Azzy Fudd averaging thirteen, um, she was from Maryland too, uh, you have. Uh, Caroline, it, they they have a squad, and I could see them. I can see them going far, but I just don't. I, they haven't really demonstrated traded all year, so. Um, yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know. I, I to me, especially on the women's side, it's South Carolina or nothing at this point. Uh, I'm not gonna say nothing, but South Carolina is kind of up there. So, um. Let's move forward. And 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 this is what I'm going to end with. So the news, so the New York Liberty was fined $500,000 uh 
uh, for chartering their players to games, to and from games, the second half of the season. Um, for people that don't know, because uh, broke people like myself didn't know what chartering meant, I had to make sure that you know, does chartering mean what I think it means? It is. Uh, it means private jets. They were they were using private planes to transport their players to and from games at this for the second half of the season. They were fined five hundred thousand dollars, and there was they were even considering the committee or whatever was even considering uh, terminating uh, the like can't terminating the team for this. Now, not all teams are able to afford. Um, chartering planes so because of that they're not able to do that you know teams have to can't do that they have to they can't do that I understand the how do I tackle this man you can't call yourself the best league in the world for women. If you don't and continuously show that you do not put women's, your players first, you cannot be considered the best organization for, for women basketball when time after time after time again, it shows that you do not put the women athletes first. I get, I get the pay discrepancy between the WNBA and the NBA. I get it. I get the the, the money that it generates. I get the revenue, you know, the, 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 the discrepancy between the money that the NBA generates and the money that the WNBA generates. I get that. I get the star power that the NBA has compared to the WNBA. I get that. But there's a difference between pay equity and pay gap and just treatment of players. Think about this. Imagine now imagine is if imagine if we heard that the Chicago Bulls instead of using a team plane was using Delta <laughs> or like United and I can book a ticket tomorrow and be sitting next to DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine what you're going to start to, what's, what's going to start to happen if something doesn't change what you're going to start to see is women hell what you're seeing is women like Liz Cambage speaking out against the organization and you're going to start having like the was it the athletic unlimited the 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 month league they just did which was hugely successful you're going to start having people opt out of the WNBA there's a reason why it's it's crazy to me that almost every interview that i hear about the WNBA nowadays you hear a a sentence say I get paid more overseas and get treated better overseas than I do here. Imagine that. Imagine if Barcelona 
Imagine if Barcelona, the team Barcelona, paid and treated players, NBA players, better than the NBA. Imagine that. Imagine the Euro Leagues paying Steph Curry more than the NBA. There's there there has there has to be now again. I understand that not all teams can afford chartered in the WNBA. Not all teams can afford chartered planes for their players. But the question is why? Why? Why is it that a Liz Cambage? has to sit coach has to sit next to me and she's about to go play the Liberty or something. These women, there's there, there, there time and time and time again, you keep seeing examples that the WNBA don't even care about their women. Cause what? So you're telling me, you're telling me that all the money that now I understand that it's uh, no fuck. You're telling me that all the money that the WNBA generates, right? Not every team can have a team plane. At least a team plane. Hell, it can be a small ass team plane, but at least it's a team plane. I don't know how many times I have to see footage of a WNBA team getting stuck. Getting stuck at an airport because of like a, a a snowstorm or something. Time and time again, the WNBA shows you how they view their players. And the last thing I will say, first of all, there should be no. I, you're finding a team because again, I guess competitive disadvantage. You're finding a team. For doing something that benefits their players, of course, as little as comfort. You're finding a team. You almost, they were talking about terminating the New York Liberty. The New York Liberty that, that has Benazia Laney, that has Sabrina Nadescu, that has Dejani, uh, what's, what's her name, Carlton? You were telling me that you were real live about to they were considering canceling that team terminating that team because they were using chartered planes they were using they were using they were using plane charter planes for the comfort of their players And then, or D.D. Richardson, I apologize. And then tell me, they got Natasha Howard who's a WNB. Tell me if they care about their players or not. Again, the last thing I will say, you can't continue to tell me that the WNBA is the best organization for women's basketball if they don't treat their players or pay their players the way that they deserve or the way they should be treated and paid. And the fact that there's outside organizations, i.e. overseas organizations that pay better than the WNBA.
should tell you all you need to know about the WNBA. And there you have it, man. That has been today's episode of the WM. I mean, <laughs> that's been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys. Um, if you want an Unpopular Podcast shirt, hoodie, long sleeve, sweater, uh, joggers, the link is in the description below. I have multiple different colors, multiple different designs. Get what you like today. Get, hey, go get you some merch. Also, please subscribe to whoever you're listening. Please subscribe to whoever you're watching. It definitely means a lot to me. Uh, and, and also, you know, leave a comment, leave a like. If you can, share, rate if it's on a DSPs. I'm trying to get the algorithms going. I'm trying to get more people to to experience the popular podcast. Um, I appreciate you guys. Stay tuned for Saturday's episode. I have a couple guests coming. I know. What? A guest? A couple guests coming. We're going to have some topics. So stay tuned for that. I appreciate you guys. And until next time, much love. Having visions with you, doing things, switching lanes in the beamer with you, and swimming in deep water, save me from my sorrows. Swimming in deep, just some pieces I need. So why can't I give that for free? Yeah.